Your victory will be our ultimate vindication. Your liberty will be our ultimate reward. And the unprecedented success of the United States of America will be my ultimate and absolute revenge. That's what I want. Success will be our revenge. Ah, uh, yes, President Trump at CPAC on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, at National Harbor, just south of Washington, D.C., along the mighty Potomac River in Maryland. And uh, I was there. I was there with my best girl. Certainly was. And Jasmine was there. Jasmine was there on Saturday. We were both so busy, and the place was so well-populated that Jasmine and I didn't even get to see each other in the crowd. We're texting back and forth. We're trying to, but we failed. If you call in today, you'll speak with the great Jasmine at 888-630-9625. And uh, yeah, President Trump at, at CPAC. Great stuff. That Because they keep throwing, oh, he wants revenge. Who wants revenge? Yeah, our revenge will be success. I don't know how many times he has to say it, but, you know, it's the news media. It's like the, uh, uh, you know, uh, where, where the Charlottesville thing. I, uh, you know, I'm not talking about the uh, neo-Nazis who deserve to be condemned absolutely. Um, but, you know, on the matter of the removing statues from from Charlottesville, there are good people on both sides, right? And then they just edit out the rest because that's how corrupt they are. Just like they're editing out the fact that the murderer in Georgia, at the University of Georgia, is an illegal alien from Venezuela, and that communist leader there, Nicolas Maduro, is not accepting anybody we deport. We can't load up the plane with illegal alien gang members from Venezuela that he released from their prisons and fly him back to Venezuela because he won't accept them. He won't allow the planes to land. I think President Trump could straighten that out pretty quick. Lickety split. I'm telling you. Man, oh, Manischewitz. Wack-a-doodle-doo. We, uh, we have a lot, to, uh, a lot to talk about. President Trump on Saturday was, uh, was great fun. Now, he did. It wasn't really a particularly political speech at CPAC. He was, he was doing... You know, the famous Donald Trump stand-up comedy routine and telling stories, all kinds of fun stories um, about uh, landing a plane at night in Iraq with all the lights off and all kinds of fun stuff. Talking about a general that uh, he liked very much when he was president, General Kane, and his call sign, Air Force General, is Raisin, Raisin Kane. You know, they got Raisin Kane. They have, sometimes you have fun call signs in the Air Force like that. I when I flew a, uh, when I had the one of the greatest days of my life, flying an F-16 fighter jet out of Moody Air Force Base in South Georgia, along the Florida-Georgia line, Moody in Valdosta, Georgia, I flew with a uh, great Air Force F-16 pilot named Gary Bell, and Gary Bell's call sign was Tinker, because he's Tinker Bell, right? Tinker Bell, like that, and uh, Raisin Kane was one of the people that President Trump was talking about on Saturday at CPEC. And it was a lot of fun. He was getting lots and lots of laughs from the, from the audience. Now, it's obviously a friendly audience. It's, you know, it's a Trump rally at CPEC. That's, a, that's pretty good stuff. And, um, you know, President Trump was, 
He was doing uh, doing great stuff, um, pointing people out in the crowd and hey, thanking. And I was texting with Hung Kao, Hung Kao, a great American and a great American story, running for Senate in the Commonwealth of Virginia, Hung Kao. Great guy. I went to a Hung Kao event uh, a couple few weeks ago now uh, down on Capitol Hill. And uh, Hung Kao was at was at CPAC the other day, and he was being swarmed by people because he's very popular. Great American story. Son of Vietnamese immigrants that escaped communism, Hung Kao, Naval Academy, Navy SEAL, Rompin' Stompin', Mama Jamma, Captain in the Navy. That's a colonel in the Army. And uh, just a great person. And uh, President Trump pointing out people in the crowd and, and uh, thanking people and, and being great and then telling jokes and telling stories. And it was a lot of fun. He didn't get around to the political stuff. And at the end, he said, yeah, you know, I guess it's not going to be the greatest speech ever because I never got to what was in the teleprompter. And, and he didn't. He just he showed up at the podium and uh, started telling stories. And, and then about an hour and a half went by, and he was, uh, and he was done. And it was time to go. And it was, uh, and it was great fun. It really was. He was uh, doing a lot of fun, a lot of fun stuff. So... Let me share some of the uh, President Trump from the big speech at CPAC on Saturday. A lot of, uh, lot of good stuff. Hour and a half, if you didn't uh, see it, you know, it was classic Donald Trump stand-up. And, you know, it wasn't like, hey, I'm running for president, here's why. But he built in some stuff. His revenge will be he's going to secure the border. He's going to drill, drill, drill. He said it before the news media buries that in a shallow grave near Las Vegas, Nevada. Amazing stuff. Now, one of the things that President Trump was attacked for in the speech, one of the things that he was attacked for at the uh, CPAC thing, was that the frauds in the media and the Democrat Party circles, they're out there saying, oh, President Trump married to Melania Trump, international uh, fashion model, who never appeared on a magazine cover her whole time as, as First Lady because Democrats are very bitter and uh, they like Michelle Obama's arms because she has arms like a tow truck. And that's what they like. They don't like women in the traditional sense, do they? No, they don't. But President Trump, here's what uh, the media attacked him for the other day. They're saying, oh, he called his own wife Mercedes. They didn't bother to do even a first blush five-second Google search to, uh, to see what's going on. And they don't know who runs CPAC because they're ignorant, they don't follow the news, they're low IQ, they're intellectually lazy, journalistically lazy, and they're fundamentally dishonest. Uh, President Trump at CPAC uh, singling out uh, my friend and my colleague, uh, Mercedes Schlapp, in the front row, since they're the organizers of CPAC, Matt Schlapp and, uh, and Mercedes Schlapp. My wife, our great first lady, she was a great friend. People loved her. People love her. Oh, look at that. Wow. Oh, look at that. Mercedes, that's pretty good. Yeah, Yeah, she's good. He sees Mercedes in the crowd. And she loves our country and she loves the people. Yeah. Uh, The headline at Forbes magazine, uh, completely ridiculous. Forbes magazine, Trump's weekend gaffes, Mercedes... For Melania, accidentally endorses Biden. Now, this is just, uh, our media is such a disaster, such a train wreck, 
Absolutely nuts. And uh, Trump CPAC Mercedes comment. A misunderstanding with Mercedes schlap. Not Melania. Now the media trying to mop up their their own uh, gaffes, their own absurdities. Completely ridiculous. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Did Donald Trump just call his wife, Melania, Mercedes? And headline after headline, Trump mocked for calling Melania Mercedes. I, uh, I got to tell you, just a completely ridiculous news media that we have here. They, uh, they don't deserve the respect of the American people, and, and uh, that's, a, that's a generous understatement, uh, I'd say. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, uh, Hung Kao actually just texted me. He wants to correct me. He says, I wasn't uh, actually a SEAL. I was the EOD guy, explosive ordnance disposal guy. I was attached to SEAL teams, you know, doing explosive ordnance disposal, EOD. But uh, never mind that. My apologies. Um, heavily decorated, uh, very heavily decorated. And a great American story. Great American story, Hung Kao. If you're not supporting him in Virginia, you ought to be supporting him in his run for Senate. Very important taking back the Senate. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. Yes, sir. So my apologies on, on that, and uh, now I've straightened that out. Now let's get back to President Trump. So the news media, they're all over this, and the, and the you know, X, uh, all over this. He just called his wife Mercedes. And I don't know, I don't know how lazy you can be, but uh, lazier than I can imagine uh, anyone being if you're a journalist and you're publishing hoping that lots of people will read or uh, view what you're publishing. Our, our media is the worst, absolutely the worst. Uh-uh. President Trump at CPAC talking about you know, a little bit of campaigning. A vote for Trump is your ticket back to freedom. It's your passport out of tyranny. And it's your only escape from Joe Biden and his gang's fast track to hell. And in many ways, we're living in hell right now. Because the fact is, Joe Biden is a threat to democracy. He really is a threat to democracy. Now, uh, the fake media is outraged by all that, of course, while we're being overrun by Venezuelan gangs and young women are being murdered all over the country because Democrats are uh, excited to have Venezuelan gangs marauding around the United States of America. And honestly, if the, you know, if the Republicans knew how to message, and it started a little bit on Saturday, the Republican Party pointing to this poor woman in Georgia that was murdered, Lake and Riley. Uh, and um, the Republicans said, you know, this is the blood is on Joe Biden's hands. And the Republicans should be having rallies at the Capitol with giant poster board photographs of Lake and Riley and pointing out that the blood is on fairly, that the blood is on Joe Biden's hand and they should on his hands, and they should also be pointing to Molly Tibbetts, who was murdered by an illegal alien in Iowa, uh, and an illegal alien from Mexico murdered her, and the attacks in New York City and the attacks in Chicago by Venezuelan gangs. All of this is on Joe Biden and, more broadly, the Democrat Party. And the Republicans need to message the heck out of that. This is an election year, and it matters it really, forget about the election. It matters. Keeping young women safe in America matters. Supporting law enforcement, which the Democrat Party does not, matters. Supporting immigration control 
matters. All of these things matter. And the Democrat Party, they scoff at you and their media stool pigeons. They they just parrot whatever the party tells them. Absolutely disgraceful. And of course, President Trump is being persecuted in Atlanta, in New York, in Washington, D.C. by Democrat operatives and apparatchiks. And he correctly uh, referred to himself thusly on Saturday at CPAC. I stand before you today not only as your past and hopefully future president, but as a proud political dissident. I am a dissident. Crazy as that might Remember sound. Remember this, I've been indicted more than Alphonse Capone, Mr. President. Do you know who that is? Do you know who that is? <laughs> yes, that is true. You know, uh, if you're 20 years old, you may not know who uh, Al Capone is. There were a lot of young people at CPAC, lots, and that's very encouraging because our future is, you know, not requiring shades at this point. Uh, and and I, I like it. I want to play it again because this is this revenge thing that the left keeps attacking him over. Your victory will be our ultimate vindication. Your liberty will be our ultimate reward. And the unprecedented success of the United States of America will be my ultimate and absolute revenge. That's what I want. Success will be our revenge. Group of uh, young people on the side, and they're doing chants every now and then, breaking their chants. They were great, and they're having a lot of fun, having a good time. Uh, but he told the truth about the, the show trials he's facing. The closer we get to this magnificent liberation of our country, the more desperate the Biden regime's evil persecution against us has become. They become more and more violent. The Stalinist show trials being carried out at the Joe Biden orders set fire not only to our system of government, but to hundreds of years of Western legal tradition. You see what's happening. They've replaced law, precedent, and due process with a rabid mob of radical left Democrat partisans masquerading as judges and juries and prosecutors. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of uh, indisputable, but they'll dispute it anyway. And President Trump, he said, remember, he said he's going to be a dictator on day one, uh, he didn't say that on Saturday, but he did say what he would do. The first and most urgent action when we win will be the sealing of the border, stopping the invasion, drill, baby, drill, send Joe Biden's illegal aliens back home. We'll do all of, all of those things, and we're going to have to do them fast because no country can sustain what's happening in our country. Which is why the Democrats are doing it, because they're not liberals, they're the left, and they're not on our side. Wait to hear what the communist voter slash Obama CIA director John Brennan had to say on MSDNC yesterday. Um, I gotta tell you, this guy, talk about not being on our side, John Brennan, got him coming up. And I've got Hunter Biden updates for you, too. He thinks a lot of himself. He's supposed to be testifying this week on Capitol Hill. He'll probably flee the country. We should pull his passport. Got that coming up. And we are at 888-630-9625. Hey, it's Chris Plant. Excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit chrisplantcruise.com.
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Got a uh, hilarious story about a dim-witted left-wing clown pretending to be a journalist who uh, got a job at the New York Times, got a job at the New York Times, and he told a story, I have it right here in my hand, about the orientation session. It uh, ought to be called disorientation session at the New York Times. And and it reads like satire. It, it reads like a Saturday Night Live skit. I will share that with you in just a couple of minutes. And then John Penitentiary faced Brennan lying about everything. Uh, this psychopath should be in a penitentiary. Uh, and then, you know, he could be penitentiary face for real. Uh, let's, uh, let's grab a phone call, Michael. Let's go to Don calling from St. Pete, Florida. Don, you're on the Chris hey. Plant Show. Hey, Don. How are you, Chris? It's been a while. Hey, well, listen. Let me make a couple of points, but before I do, do you remember about 20 years ago, the national correspondent, I think it was NBC, named Willow Bay? Sure. Uh, remember Willow Bay? And I you do. can understand why she's, she's no longer, or might be using a pseudonym. Um, I was at the college library this past week, and the young people were celebrating what they called Zine Fest, Z-I-N-E. And as I'm walking out, uh, they were all about 19 or so. One of them uh, very politely asked if I'd like to join. My, my point is that the Democrats, on, on, in large part, don't pay attention. They, they just don't get past the facts on the, on the clickbait headlines. And uh, she invited me, and I said, well, only if you put the MAGA back in your title. <laughs> yeah, see, magazine. Got, it's magazine. Thank you. Thank you to you and Jasmine for getting that. <laughs> totally deer in the headlights. And I, I walked out and one of the older fellows helping him uh, followed me out. And I, I mentioned it to him and he was cracking up. But I, I called you last year about uh, the commander's football team, how nobody in the Democrats in Washington understands the, the meaning of that. Well, I've, we've run out the clock on you, I'm sorry to say, Don. Now, there was, uh, there was a, uh, an opinion editor at the New York Times. He's no longer there. He got in big trouble because his name is Adam Rubenstein. And Adam Rubenstein, opinion editor, former New York Times, he got in trouble because he edited the Senator Tom Cotton op-ed uh, and allowed it to be published in the New York Times. And the New York Times lefties all went crazy on Adam Rubenstein and forced him out. They say that he resigned, but they forced him out. Senator Tom Cotton wrote a piece called Send in the Troops while the Democrat Party was burning cities from coast to coast over St. George of Fentanyl because they love drug addicts well, like Hunter Biden and so many others. But um, but he's written a piece now, and, and they forced him out. And Senator Tom Cotton said uh, the Democrats are burning more cities than they burned since the Civil War. Maybe it's time we sent in the National Guard to restore order in Seattle and Portland and, and Chicago and Atlanta and Ferguson and 
And uh, the list was uh, Long Kenosha, Wisconsin, Washington, D.C., New York. Uh, you know, they called out the National Guard because January 6th, which was the smallest riot we had in Washington, D.C. that year. But never mind that. The rest of them were lefties. So now Adam Rubenstein has written a piece in the left-wing Atlantic. You know, they hate him. They accuse him of being a neocon. And that's, you know, that's poison. That's bad. He can't be here because they're so tolerant that they don't want anybody who owns an American flag. I think if you went to the New York Times newsroom and asked, asked the whole newsroom, who here owns an American flag? Uh, there would be gales of laughter. They'd laugh and then say, oh, I, I thought that was a rhetorical question. No, of course we don't. But the Atlantic Magazine, Adam Rubenstein, I was a heretic at the New York Times, is the headline. And he writes, On one of my first days at the New York Times, I went to an orientation with more than a dozen other new hires. We had to do an icebreaker. It was an icebreaker. Pick a starburst out of a jar, you know, like the gummy um, uh, 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 tart candies. Pick a starburst out of a jar and then answer a question. My starburst was pink, I believe. And so I had to answer the pink prompt. It's like a child's game in a first grade classroom at the New York Times. It's the orientation for the new idiots who are going to lie to everybody for a living. So I had to answer a pink prompt, which had me respond with my favorite sandwich. Russ and daughter's super heebster came to mind, but I figured mentioning a $19 sandwich, New York City, you know, wasn't a great way to, to win new friends. So I blurted out the spicy chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A. And considered the ice broken. All right. Now, see, he's because they got this fancy sandwich from, you know, the Russ and Daughters Super Heebster, it's called. Uh, and, and he thought, but that's a $19 sandwich. I'm the New York Times newsroom. It's, it's orientation. I'll skip that. Then he really screwed up, right? So I blurted out the spicy chicken sandwich from Chick fil A and considered the ice broken. The HR representative, they got a human resources representative in the room. The HR representative leading the orientation chided me, chided me, quote, we don't do that here. They hate gay people. And uh, then they engaged in a group uh, conga line, um, and uh, you don't want to know the details of that. We don't do that here. They hate gay people. How do they hate gay people? That's not true. That's a lie. But, you know, the person is with the New York Times. People Now listen to this. People started snapping their fingers in acclamation. You know when the children do this they, with the tiny little baby brains and they, they snap. Oh, snaps. Snaps for that and they're snaps. So they're all, because they're all such brainwashed little zombie morons at the New York Times, they all started snapping their fingers, which was considered to be affirmation because he said he likes the spicy chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A. That was the beginning of the end for him, orientation. At the New York Times, that's it. And the HR uh, rep, rep, representative leading the orientation, we don't do that here. They hate gay people. Really? How about McDonald's? Uh, do they, who do they hate? People started snapping their fingers in acclamation. I hadn't been thinking about the fact that Chick-fil-A was, a, was transgressive 
in liberal circles and for its chairman's opposition to gay marriage. See, and they also give everybody Sunday off so they can go to church and spend time with their family. And in, where was it, New York or New Jersey, where they're trying to force Chick-fil-A to stay open on, on Sundays because they hate God and Christians and especially Catholics. Pretty amazing stuff. So the, uh, the chairman of Chick-fil-A is not a supporter of gay marriage. Therefore, Chick-fil-A, the whole corporation, they hate gay people. You, on the other hand, beep and beep and beep, uh, gay people. But uh, that's another thing. And uh, just, just amazing. So the chairman's opposition to gay marriage. Not the politics, the chicken, I quickly said. But it was too late. I sat down ashamed. Anybody that don't like that, daddy, don't like chicken on Sunday. That's exactly right. Sammy Davis Jr. knows better than the New York Times. Just amazing. As far back as I can remember, my parents have subscribed to the New York Times. As a kid, I'd run out and grab the newspaper from the driveway most mornings, and we'd do the crossword puzzle together on weekends. When I got at the jo- a job at the New York Times opinion section in 2019, well, you know, it was the beginning of the end. <laughs> so, you know, the, 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 this is, they think that they're the tolerant ones. Is that correct, Michael? They think they're the tolerant ones. Pretty amazing. Amazing stuff. Yes, sir. Uh, the New York Times has a, uh, has a story today that's mildly amusing. The spy war, colon. They definitely love their colons at the New York Times. How the CIA secretly helps Ukraine fight Putin. See, they've got it. They're cleaning up their reputation of the CIA. The CIA is secretly helping Ukraine fight Putin. Well, it's not a secret anymore, is it? It's in the New York Times. It's right there in the New York Times. And the New York Times is happy to publish it and make sure that it's not a secret anymore. But the CIA is helping, is helping. Uh, Ukraine fight Putin. Now, that doesn't come as a big surprise, and it shouldn't come as a big surprise, because we're pouring all of our military and intelligence resources into Ukraine with no end in sight. You know, there's no plan for ending the war. There's no plan for winning the war. I was talking about this on Friday. How does Ukraine win this war? And who's talking about this? Anybody on Capitol Hill? There are a couple people on Capitol Hill, Republicans, not Democrats, talking about this. What is the end game? We're in this for eternity, as far as we can tell. Putin doesn't care. He's already lost more than 315,000 troops in this war. Ukraine, according to the New York Times, has already lost about 200,000, I think was the last time I looked, and that was some time ago. Uh, And so we're looking at about a half million people dead, half million of our fellow human beings. And the Russians don't really don't, you know, they don't want to go off and die. They're in the the army in Russia, uh, not because they see it as a career. They're being used as cannon fodder by the communists there, Vladimir Putin, Vlad the Impaler. And, you know, then Ukraine is no great shakes either. Here's a story. Ukraine's defense intelligence chief claims Alexei Navalny, Navalny died of natural causes. That's the, the headline here. Pretty amazing stuff from the Ukrainian Pravda, interestingly enough. Yahoo knows, Yahoo knows posted, but Ukrenska Pravda. Pravda was, of course, the Soviet newspaper. 
Ukraine's defense intelligence chief claims Navalny died of natural causes is the headline. Pretty amazing stuff. Kirillo Badenov. It's a it's a, a Budenov. It's like Boris Badenov, but he's Kirillo Budenov. You know Boris Badenov as uh, you know he's uh, kidnapped Natasha again. The uh, pretty amazing stuff. It's the uh, defense intelligence chief in Ukraine, and he says, "Oh, Navalny, sure, in the Gulag prison, Arctic Circle, he died of natural causes." It's a complicated part of the world, and. We stumble into these things, and then uh, it's a lot harder to get out. But with that said, let's go to our former intelligence chief, John Penitentiary Face Brennan, who famously, or perhaps not so famously, voted for Gus Hall, the Communist Party candidate for President of the United States, when he was in college. Now, I know some people who get liberal in college, but I don't know anybody that voted for the Communist Party candidate. And then the Communist Party lover, John Brennan, became Barack Obama's CIA chief. There's the CIA director, right? Head of the CIA. Well, John Brennan, who's, uh, let's just say, for purposes of this discussion, a communist, he uh, and made head of the CIA. And then, of course, he was one of the leaders of the Flonius 51 letter that ran an information operation against the American people on the lead up to Joe Biden's election and lied to all the American people that the Hunter Biden laptop had all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. The reality is, of course, John Brennan has all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. He looks like a Russian operative. But the Democrats love to call everybody else a communist and a Russian stooge. Vladimir Putin has twice endorsed Joe Biden for president now, and the left says, oh, that's his way of endorsing Trump because they're so broken intellectually, so broken mentally. The left has destroyed them. Let's go to uh, some of them voluntarily, some of them involuntarily. John Brennan yesterday, disgracefully on with Michael Steele, I always liked Michael Steele. He has gone over the wall in a really big way. He's MSDNC all the way now. I hope they're paying him lots of money because it's uh, really embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for Michael Steele. Uh, and here is John Brennan, communist voting, CIA director for Barack Obama, who was also mentored by a communist, Frank Marshall Davis. John Brennan yesterday on MSDNC Uh, The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. The Russians see the Republican lawmakers as tools. They are so willing to accept anything. And the Russians use information operations very effectively. And I have no doubt at all that they're going to continue to use it in this presidential election. And the fact that that Comer and, and Jordan and others willingly accept these things, and they don't care whether it's true or not, as long as it's salacious, as long as it's something that they can use, this is something that I think the Russians recognize is ready for their exploitation. That's right. The Russians are using the Republican lawmakers on Capitol Hill, like Congressman Jim Jordan and, and James Comer, using them because, you know, there is uh, something. This is about the FBI informant out of Ukraine, Smirnov, who is now being called a fake, and they've arrested him and jailed him, taken his passports arrested him at Harry Reid International Airport in Las Vegas, Nevada. And now they're saying, oh, the, the Republicans knew all along that the FBI informant was a fake. Now, how could they possibly know that? 
is a trusted, highly paid, considered to be reliable FBI informant for well over a decade inside of Ukraine until he crossed the Biden family. And remember, nobody beeps with a Biden, according to Joe Biden. And they put their enemies in prison because, you know, they're like Putin. And then, because they're so much like Putin, they have to accuse you of being like Putin. You may remember I played for you last week, Morning Joke, uh, Joke Scarborough on MSDNC, saying the Speaker of the House and Trump are, are they've, they, they're communists. Republicans who for the past 50 years have been the main force to push back hard on communism. Uh-huh. They've, they've surrendered to the communists. Right. They've surrendered. Mike that, Johnson surrendered to the communists, to the ex-communists, to right. the wannabe communists. Mike Johnson surrendered. Donald Trump surrendered a long time ago. Yeah, Donald Trump sur- to the communists. Surrendered to the... Now, this rhetoric is so unhinged. It is uh, a clear demonstration of mental illness. But they've been doing this for a long time. Uh, Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard was a Democrat from the state of Hawaii and serving in the United States Armed Forces overseas in combat zones. And Hillary Clinton described her this way. I think they've got their eye on somebody who's currently in the Democratic (laughs) primary. She's a favorite of the Russians. Yeah, she's a Russian asset. I mean, totally. They're all talking to David Pluff of the of the Obama White House on a podcast. Uh, But keep in mind, the Obama and now Biden administration State Department official Victoria Nuland under oath on Capitol Hill kind of gave away the game. It is classic Russian uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves. So wait a minute. You're saying penitentiary phase communist voting, literal communist party voting, John Brennan, made CIA director by Barack Obama, mentored by communist Frank Marshall Davis. Uh, John Brennan, John Brennan <clears throat> betrayed the United States of America, undermined a presidential election uh, in a conspiracy while colluding with lots of other corrupt so-called intelligence officials who belong in jumpsuits. And uh, everybody's a Russian asset and a communist and a Russian spy. Uh, and then Victoria Newland reveals that they're using the Russian playbook. They accuse you of doing whatever it is that they're actually doing. These are dangerous people. These are dangerous times. Our country is in in grave danger because of the left. John Brennan is the left. Hillary Clinton, her Saul Alinsky, that's her mentor. She actually worked with him. These people are not on our side. They don't care whether it's true or not. As long as it's salacious, as long as it's something that they can use. I've got a, uh, I've got several stories for you coming about Hunter Biden and his friends and prison. Not just the FBI informant, but uh, crazy stuff. Devin Archer, prison, Biden, CEO, and uh, another... Hunter Biden, Biden family business associate, Jason Galanis in prison now. Boy, you hitch your wagon to the Bidens, and it looks like you're likely to end up in a penitentiary. Let's uh, let's grab a quick phone call. Let's go to Mike 
calling from South Riding, Virginia. Michael, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Hi, Chris. Good morning. Um, You know, talking about talking about Ukraine, um, you know, we can send them all the weapons, uh, you know, possible. And honestly, I heard somewhere that some of the weapons aren't even getting there and some of the money we're sending there somehow magically disappears. But anyway, you know, we can send them all the weapons in the world. They got to have them. They got to have the manpower to operate those weapons. Either they, you've, you've got trigger pullers on the front line killing Russians, or you've got them in the rear area firing artillery, flying aircraft. You can't do, they don't have enough guys to do both. Okay, they fought the Russians to a standstill. I think I heard, uh, heard that there's 300, they killed 300,000 Russians, and there's roughly 31,000 Ukrainians killed. That's a pretty damn good kill ratio, but the Russians have more manpower the only problem is they've got a hell of a big air, a uh, big landmass to defend. Putin has, I uh, hate to say this, gotten into his own Vietnam. Um, it's he and he can't go. You know, everybody's saying, "Oh my God!" You know, he's going to take the Baltic countries next. He's going to invade Poland. He can't even take Ukraine. Well, um, look, you're right, and and I read from the New York Times last week that Ukraine has lost nearly 200,000 people between troops and civilians. But no one seems to care very much. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.